right. Hello and welcome, Just a Family. This is giving you something to talk about live TV. I'm your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator and founder of Just a Live TV, and creator and founder of the Women Supporting Women Can Network. I am joined today by my amazing guest co-host, Catherine Cartwright, and we're going to be talking today about creative writing. Now, our sponsor for today is Write, Edit, Share, which is a website and a company that helps you learn how to creatively tell your story through your own book. So they're offering you a lot of information on how to do that. Um, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say clarity session because that's what I offer, Um, but a discovery call. uh, They're offering you that on the website to book with them to see how they can intuitively help you write your own story um, in a way that really, really grabs your audience. So that is our sponsor for today. If you wouldn't mind going liking, following, sharing, like and follow on any social media platform. We are on 12. Go and check out the website at justalivetv.com. You can join our newsletter there and get updated and notified of what's coming up, what episodes we have, and so much more. Go and do that on that link. So now I'm going to hand it over to my co-host today, who is none other, again, than Catherine Cartwright. Catherine, please introduce yourself. Hi, thank you so much for having me today, Melissa. I'm really excited to be here to talk about creative writing and how to relax into it because that is like my most passionate favorite thing to talk about lately due to the fact that as an author, I had to learn how to do that myself. Um, I've spent 22 years as an auditor, so I've lived in my masculine, not so creative energy. And, um, and yet I was called to write and I was called to be more involved in my creative life and I had to figure out how to do it. And, and then I ended up helping clients when I was helping them through editing, um, also figure out how to do it themselves so they could relax their writing to get their stories told. So I'm really excited to be here so that we can help a whole bunch of people um, figure out their creative writing. Or their creative endeavors, maybe not just writing. <laughs> Absolutely. And as women, we are, it is a very feminine concept to create as, and not to say that it isn't, men are absolutely amazing at creating as well, but it is a, fe- a feminine energy that is portrayed as creators because mother earth, mother nature, we are, as women, we have the ability to create. There's a meme that goes around or a saying that goes around you give a woman a house, she, she creates a home. You give a woman food and she creates a meal. You know, you give a woman other things and she creates a baby. So <laughs> it's, there's, there's a lot of things that women create. So today um, I went and did a TikTok and I shared it on our TikTok. So if anybody's watching, please go and join and follow us on TikTok so that we can go live on TikTok. Um, but I did a TikTok today and I, you know, put my hair in ponytails. Um, I put on a striped dress because it's starting to get nice out. And I was like, oh, I'm, you know, empowering or embracing my inner Adams family today. And it got me thinking about the creative writing and writing from your soul and, and just creating something different. And most of us or, or many of us know the Adams family. If you're watching or catching the replay, type in the comments whether or not you know the Adams family. But we have so many. It started off with a cartoon. And 
then the TV show and then the movies. And then we have an animated movie. And I grew up watching the Adams family and I went and did a little bit of research and the Adams family was actually created by Charles Adams as a um, cartoon, um, like a, in, in a newspaper, right? So it was a lot of written content and a lot of written, he wrote from his soul. He did creative writing and that's how you get all of the comic strips, all of, you know, Archie and, and Archie and friends and all of those different things came from creative writing. So what do you like about soul writing or creative writing? What's, what's your favorite thing to talk about with that? Oh, for me, it's this bubbly feeling that comes as I'm writing. And, and it took a lot for me to get to that bubbly feeling. I'm not going to say it was not effort to get there after having so many English teachers say, you have to write this way. You have to do it this way. And of course, uh, you know, you get to college and you're still having to write a certain way and, and you're being told, oh, you're not good at writing or, oh, that that didn't, you know, like you're, you're totally doing something completely not right. And I and honestly, full writing, there's nothing wrong about it. it it's truly coming. Your soul is saying, this is what you want to say. This is what you want to do. This is what you want to be. And and. To allow that bubbly, happy campaign-like feeling to come out while you're writing, it's such a beautiful thing. And and I think that that's one of the things that uh, some people are really brave and they ignore all of those negative voices that they hear from parents and teachers and, and friends. And, and then there are the rest of us who maybe took it a little more to heart and didn't ignore it and, and sort of started dimming that bubbly feeling over time until we forgot how to have that public feeling. And I think that's my, like, like that's my favorite part about doing the creative writing school writing. Cause I never know what's actually going to come out on the paper until I'm done writing. Like it just flows out when I sit down to do it now. And, and that was really, um, that was a big shift. That was a huge shift <laughs> in reality. <laughs> I love creative writing. So I'm, I'm an author. I, self-published um and i wrote excuse me i sat down one day and i was inspired i was inspired to write my book and my story on how i created my my ideal relationship and i sat down one day and wrote that book cover to cover in seven hours and it was just I constantly, it just flowed. Everything came out. Now there was obviously editing and, and everything like that, but I wrote the content of the book in seven hours. And it was because I was in that flow. I was in that place. If you're ever sitting there and, and I think today, what I want to focus on is not, we're not just talking about writing your books. We're talking about any form of written communication. If you are writing somebody a letter, if you are journaling, if you are writing affirmations, if you're anything that you're writing, when it easily flows, and I'm going to go into a spiritual because I'm a spiritual teacher. So I'm going to go into that spiritual for a moment is if you sit down to write something, and again, whether that's in your journal, an affirmation, a letter to somebody, whatever it is that you're starting to write, 
when you're sitting there and you're feeling blocked and you don't know what to write and you don't know how to start, you don't know how to finish, you, if you are stuck in your writing process, that comes down to a lack of flow. And that for me comes is, is your soul saying, you know, maybe you're not aligned. Maybe this isn't what you're supposed to be writing. Maybe you're not in tune with your intuition and in your, you know, your higher self, your spirit, your soul, whatever you want to call it. Maybe you're not in tune with that. And that's what's creating that lack of flow. I know for myself when there's also, and, and forgive me for bouncing around, but there's also that time where, you know, maybe it's not the right time. And that's, you know, divine's way of saying, you know, it's not the right time to write this story or it's not the right time to write this program. I have 20 plus programs sitting in my cabinet at my knee right now that I have yet to put in course format. And it's because I wasn't ready. I wasn't at that point where I'm ready. Now I just took an entire webinar and created an earbook. Uh, an ebook on it and it took me half the day and it was just because I was ready and I had that flow going and it was easier so if you're ever questioning what to write or when to write or it flows when you're when you're in the proper head space and the proper intuition it just flows it does it really does I totally agree um I was writing and and I am not normally a fiction writer nor like I'm an avid fiction reader, but I never really stepped into writing fiction. Like that wasn't something that I thought I was stepping into. I was writing nonfiction and, and self-help and, 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 um, I, I challenged myself and some friends and, and we wrote a, each one of us wrote a chapter in an anthology for, for fiction. That story flowed. It was out on paper within two hours, like, 2,500 words were on paper in two hours. Like, easy, easy, easy. And and I read it, and I was like, wow, that just flowed. And and it worked that way for me before for the nonfiction side, but it had never felt and flowed that way for the fiction side. And then I turned around and I did it again with a 5,000-word story. I got that done in five hours with the editing. And, and I was like, Wow, that's crazy. You know, I mean, like it really does. Like when when you're in the flow, you know that you're writing what you're supposed to write, and and not just writing. I I would say it works that way, probably with painting or music or you know, like any of those creative things that you're doing, and you just it just comes and it comes out of you the, the easiest way possible. Like I I can I could imagine that it works that way for for. I'm not much of a painter and I definitely don't write music, but I could see that working the exact same way. Like I, I, I watched my uncle who was a musician and when he was in flow, he wrote, like he wrote the song without any, like he couldn't stop. Like it was almost like he was compelled to sit there and finish writing it when he was in flow. Um, Cause you just didn't notice time went by. <laughs> well, and, anything that you're anything that you're creating and that's the beautiful part of it it is anything that you're creating i um i started a new business with a business partner um a few weeks ago and as soon as we decided on the concept i had four pages of what we were going to offer how it was going to look like it was just if i couldn't stop and that came even with the show when I created to start, when I started to create just a live TV, I thought about it 
and launched it within that within the hour and it was because it was so in flow and everything was just going really well in that moment um but again creative writing or creative anything isn't just about being in flow either it's also a release also a release i don't know how many people myself included when i'm writing whether i'm having a hard day whether i'm you know really struggling with a decision or something's going on if i write it out if i talk about it if you know it's that expression or or release of those emotions that's why affirmations work so well right um cutting cords now for anybody who's take who's you know purchased my ebook spiritual protection or anybody who's into spirituality cutting cords right removing people excuse me from your energy uh my grandma <laughs> i'm talking like my grandma was in her mid to late 70s when she passed away and i was 19 or 18 sorry and she used to write people's names down like if she was mad at me or if she was mad at my brother um she would write our name down and then scratch it out and just scratch it out on the paper right she'd write your name down and she'd scratch it out and she's like i'm done with you i'm done with you and she just cut she would just scratch it out and that's a form of release that's a form of corn cutting right even writing down how you're feeling writing down the situation writing down something that's making you emotional and it helps remove the emotion of it so when you're writing you're creating that you're putting that emotion onto that paper yeah and and i i do i do much the same thing like there are many times where i have I have my journal that is my more positive journal. And then I have my notebook that then I scribble and I write and I just write until all the emotion is out. And then I take a piece of paper and I go burn it. Like, so, so that like, it's just gone, you know? I, and sometimes it was like, sometimes there, there are some things that are emotional enough. It takes two or three times for me to like get it all out around that. But, but it does like, and it really is this, I can feel it within my body. Like I can feel like the physical release when I'm done writing. And sometimes it's here and sometimes I'm like have tears streaming to the point where I can't see what I'm writing anymore, but it doesn't matter because it's just out and, and it is beautiful thing to do. Yep. It's, it's so transformative and this isn't a promotion, but that's one of the first things I ask my clients to do. When I meet with a client who's struggling emotionally and struggling with their identity, I tell them to find something, a way to express their emotions. So a way to express their emotions, a way to release their emotions, a way, uh, something that helps relax them. Oftentimes writing is one of those things where writing down what's going on, writing down, you know, your dreams. I have right beside me actually oops, is my dream book right and I write in there I haven't written actually this is my journal too <laughs> this is my journal um that I haven't written in in months um but again it's it's so different and you don't have to be a writer to creatively write I know that as a spiritual, we do soul writing as readings as well, right? I was trained in how to do readings through writing 
and just allowing messages to come through through you know the written word which is quite interesting so what do you think um about people connecting to their intuition um when it comes to writing for me that's the way i have to connect my intuition so my my mind is so busy all the time like it's just constantly churning it's just part of who i am and i understand that i've i've been that way since i was really little and um and then of course i also have four children so that means that with four children i'm constantly on mom mode half the time so even if my intuition is trying to get through to me during daylight hours it's not going to happen easily if i'm not writing and so I actually, that's, that's how I start my morning. I, I start my morning as I, I have my cup of lemon water and I sit down and I, I sit and I, I just write and I say, what am I supposed to know today? Sometimes it flows really easily and sometimes it doesn't flow easily at all. And some days I sit there and I'm just tapping my pen like, like what, what am I supposed to be writing? Because nothing's coming through. And, and then I sometimes have to take that deep breath and be like, all right, my brain is not letting something come through for some reason. So how do I get my brain out of the way so that that soul writing can actually come through and not be edited so that my, like, my brain's just trying to keep me safe from, like, having to deal with something that's emotional or, or something that, you know, I mean, that's what our brains are. Our, we've got evolution to do this, right? Like, our brains are meant to keep us safe because physically, if we're not safe, we've got an issue, but that doesn't mean that our heart and our soul should be totally blocked by our brain trying to keep safe all the time. So, so for me, like there are times where like I have to do some meditation before I can actually get something on paper and it works out. Okay. Like it's, I mean, it's just, it's just acknowledgement that there are days where it is a rough, right? Like it's not an easy day to like just put something on paper and, and the, then there are other mornings where I'm like, oh my gosh, like an hour has just passed. And that was a really long write that I didn't take an hour, but it did. And so again, that was the right amount of time because I needed to get it all out on paper. So I, I love using writing to talk to my intuition or my intuition to talk to me maybe more <laughs> to be able to get around my brain to keep me safe. So what would you suggest to people who might not feel comfortable writing or might, you know, we all do this where I'm, I'm not a great artist, right? I, if you asked me to draw or paint or anything along, I'd be like, no, can't do it. I'm, I'm horrible at it. I still can, obviously there are things that I can do. Um, and I'm artistic in different, in different endeavors and I'm creative in different endeavors, but for somebody who believes that they can't write or can't, um, aren't great at it or aren't capable of it, what would you suggest to them in, in this case? If they really want to share their story, um, what would you what would you say to them? Um, I, I would suggest two different options. So the first one is really simple and easy and doesn't really take much thought in general. Like, um, you have to just have a pen and a paper or you can type it on your cell phone or, or you know, like it, it's not something that requires anything special. And that literally is to just sit on your porch, sit outside, sit somewhere where you have something that's different to look at. Or even if it's not something that's different to look at, 
really pay attention to all the little details and try to describe that thing in so many details with so many like descriptive words, it kind of gets your brain to start thinking creatively on that creative level again. Because sometimes, you know, we're in such, and, and this is, this is the one blessing I have to say COVID did give me. Um, I sat down every moment, like every morning during lockdown, and, and I literally was looking out my window, and what did I see in five minutes? And I spent five minutes writing about what I saw out the window. That's not an exciting writing, and it's definitely not something I necessarily would totally share with people. But what I noticed is, is that from the beginning of COVID, where I had to slow down and stop completely until a year into this entire situation, where, you know, like, it wasn't that I was still locked down, but, you know, like, I still wasn't going out and doing a lot of things. So I was able to still keep that momentum going of that five minutes in the morning. When I look back, my first ones were very, very stilted. They were not descriptive. By the time I got a year in, just sitting and doing these five-minute musing is, is kind of what I was joking and like calling them. I, I had something that almost became, like I could paint a picture for somebody else and they could actually visualize what I had written because of how descriptive I had finally got. So, I mean, like that one's really simple and easy. And, and I think anybody can do that. Like, because all it does is require you to like, stop and pause for that five minutes and really pay attention to details around. And that's like, for me, that was like a really powerful start to, to letting my creativity be able to write. I mean, nonfiction writing is, is like I had the flow before, but like to, to step into doing really creative writing, I, I had to do these baby steps to get there. Creating a life for yourself that you really want post-addiction. Yeah, it's the baby steps too. Um, I really feel strongly about that. And you hear that, like you've probably heard it your whole life, take baby steps, but those baby steps are the ones that are going to make impact. It's going to be sustainable. You know, there was one thing that I did that I wanted to share. This might not be for you, but I'm very crafty. Like you can see a little craft there, whatever. But when I was putting smoking, every time I wanted to have a smoke, I went to the dollar store, probably spent $200 on crafts, but that's what I know I needed. That's what, how many packs of smokes these days? Not that oh, many. So I spent money. No. And I spent that money on crafts. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my outlet into crafts. So every time I wanted to smoke, you know, I'm in an apartment and I don't have a balcony. So I have to bundle up in the winter, go down the hall and all that stuff. So it was a little bit of an effort to get there, but I, I invested myself into crafts. Okay. I'm having a Nick fit as they call it. I need this tobacco. Do I though? Do I need this nicotine? No. Go for a walk around my apartment, just around here, you know, get some movement, change of scenery. That's another one. It's change of scenery. And I did crafts. So I'm like looking at my wall here. I put like flowers and butterflies and I just decorated my apartment, made it homey, made it feel good. And then another little goal I did, you can also make little goals. So I have a lot of tattoos on my arms. I have quite a few tattoos. Um, and smokes are expensive. So if I made a certain amount of time without cigarettes, I would get a tattoo. And it was kind of like a permanent little reminder. And I'm not saying go get a bunch of tattoos, but if that's your thing, you know, that was my thing, was crafts and using that money for something that, you know, isn't going to harm my lungs. It's, it's well, yeah, tattoos aren't butterflies, you know, like it, it does hurt, but I mean, that was my way of self-rewarding myself. Okay, I made 
a few hundred dollars, I'm going to put a nice piece of art on my body instead of having a cigarette. And I think not to overwhelm anybody, but there was a study and I could be wrong, but you make about 35, I think it's 35,000 choices a day. It could be, I'm more than sure it's 35. It could be 3,500, but I really think it is. I'll post about it later, but I really do think it's 35,000 choices a day, whether that's, you know, am I going to bus to work? Am I going to drive to work? Am I going to walk to work? What am I having for breakfast? All these different choices. But like you said, it's about being in the moment and making that choice right now. So for like a little mental comparison, you know, people say that devil and the angel on their shoulder, it's like good, bad, these choices. So if you're looking to, I like to say a little stronger than yesterday, a little better than yesterday, you know, becoming just that much better than you were yesterday, then you had a successful day and a successful choice and just making that choice. Okay. Am I going to have, we're going to go to cigarettes just because I was talking about that. Am I going to have that cigarette? (laughs) See, I, I was a smoker for eight or nine years and you know, my doctor was like, you can't be smoking. You're going to make really bad. Just how my body is. I don't know what it was or why, but he was like, like really, really forcing me to make that choice. But again, you know, I was never a hard smoker. It was like, I'd buy a pack and I'd share it with all my friends. I'd have probably, it was the after meal. It was the morning smoke and the after meal smokes. And those were the hardest to break. But uh, yeah, so it's just making that choice. Am I going to take this drink? Am I going to not have this drink? My friend texts me, like nobody, anybody I hang out with or no, nobody's asked me to go drinking in years. And I'm so proud of that because, you know, they, they still drink. They will like, let's say we have a bonfire or something and they choose to drink. I'm now a hundred percent confident that I can be around somebody who's drinking and not be tempted because it's just not who I am or what I do now. But if somebody were to text me randomly, someone might text me as a joke after this and be like, Hey, no, but if they say you want to go to the bar, that is a choice. And you could, and from that choice, there are like many sub choices, we'll call them. So say you say no, then that's it. Then you figure out what else you're going to do with your evening. You could put yourself in a position and say, okay, sure. I will try to go if that's for you and not drink. Or if you're not looking to get a completely sober and your way of harm reduction is instead of going out and having 10 drinks, you go out and have eight. And then the next day you go out and have six. It's not about completely cutting cold Turkey. Um, That's what I did, to be honest, everyone varies differently. But it's about, you know, harm reduction is a really great option, too, for people who are very hard into addiction and they're drinking multiple or having multiple or spending thousands of dollars on cocaine a night. And, you know, maybe spend hundreds of dollars the next day or the next week go down to, you know, like slowly bring yourself to where you want to be by that one choice that leads it to all these other choices. But in that moment, it's that one choice. Yep. And remember that even if you don't make the, cho- the right choice for you, and I'm going to quotations that, right? Even if you don't make the right choice for you, know that whatever choice you make, feel empowered by it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a smoker. I'm not ready to quit. I don't want to quit. I'm, I drink Pepsi nonstop. I don't, I don't even think I drink water at this point. And I just drink Pepsi, right? And, but that's a choice I make. And I know that it's not healthy for me. I know that it's not great, but I still do it right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not ready to take that leap. If you're not ready to quit, you have to be mentally ready. You have Mm -hmm. to be ready to say no more. I quit smoking for a couple of years, many years ago. 
And I'm not even going to tell you how many years I've been smoking um, because you would be shocked. Anyway, uh, in that time, I quit smoking for about two years and I quit cold turkey. I would go out with all my friends. I would every break, I would go out and I would stand with all my smoking buddies and they'd be like, oh, Melissa, do you want to smoke? And I'd be like, no. And just how empowered it felt to confidently say no was amazing. For me, it was the empowerment. It was the power of being able to say no. And for a lot of people, it is it can be that simple. Just feeling empowered. I can say no. And I'm okay with that. Um, so we got a couple of comments. So I'm a thousand percent addicted to finding awesome people to talk to. Absolutely. Which is why I started a talk show. I'm not even going to go there. Um, why I started a talk show. Uh, I can relate so much. I got my 16th tattoo last year. I have three and I have plans for about 10 more. So <laughs> right on. Um, this is my newest one that I got. It's cute. I got matching tattoos with my oldest child. Um, he has a black one on his, on the other side of his, on his neck. So um, we have matching Phoenix tattoos. Um, and then, yeah, going from alcoholic cold Turkey in one week can be fatal. Never a good idea. Best to slow down over time. Yeah. Thank you. Very nice on the tattoos. Um, it is, you know what? It's like we were saying before, it is one step at a time, one baby step, one question, one answer, one choice per moment right mm -hmm. and it's not all the time um and if you're not ready it's okay and if you need to ask for help again that's okay one of the main things we like to promote on giving you something to talk about or just live tv is the fact that you are there's no shame there's no judgment there is no ridicule for being where you are at Just Alive TV, that is exactly what we promote, is it is okay to be where you are, no judgment. You are capable and able of expressing yourself, of knowing your identity, even if you don't know who you are. If you're not happy, you know what I mean? Like, you have the choices. You have the right, the responsibility to make your own choices. And if you're not ready, that's okay. Mm -hmm. If you are ready absolutely reach out <laughs> absolutely reach out mick is actually our sponsor today and i'm going to shamelessly promote her even though we're not done yet um because mm -hmm. usually i do it at the end of the the video but i'm going to shamelessly promote you on this one is mick is the founder and owner of holistics personal training and she has a signature program that helps with mental health and physical health because you are a personal trainer and you work with mental health and addiction. So huge thing. She's offering it for 25% off. Um, go and take a look at that link in the description. And it's so important for all of us to feel supported, to feel acknowledged and accepted where we are you know, when you're making that decision to come out of addiction and when you're making that decision to start a business, because we're talking about addicted to thriving, right? If you are coming out of addiction, if you are going into a business, those are stressful times, both of them. There are, you're going to go back and forth. You're going to go two steps forward, one step back. There, there is a process. And in that whole process, 
Number one, first and foremost, give yourself grace. Give yourself permission to fail. And I always say failure. Well, Winston Churchill said failure is the stepping stones to success. I say they're the springboards. When you fail and you go down a little bit, whether that's your emotional, mental, physical well-being, you go down a little bit, but you springboard back and see, you would love that analogy because you were a gymnast, right? Yeah. You run, right? Like you're running and then all of a sudden you hit that springboard and it launches you over, right? Yeah. That's what failure is. That's what feeling down is. You have the choice again, because it all comes down to choices. You have the choice to allow that negativity or that one step back, or even just where you're sitting now, you have the choice to allow that to springboard you forward and say, is enough is enough. I'm going to use this to make me better. Oh, we have a comment. Um, well, it is beyond lovely and refreshing to meet you ladies. Always amazing to see folks that advocate mindfulness and consideration in the world we have today, getting more rare as the years pass. So if nothing else, just thanks for doing this. Absolutely. And that is the point of this show. That is the point of, and I'm going to shamelessly promote this because Mick, Mick loves this idea too. I'm speaking for her, which I never do. So I apologize. Um, I've created and founded the women supporting women can network. Um, I know that it is right now for women. So I apologize if any men feel left out. My apologies. You will get your own soon. Um, but I am creating the Women Supporting Women Network. And Just Alive and WSW Can are both focused on meeting people where they're at, trying to teach the universe, society, humanity as a whole that it is okay not to agree. It is okay not to be okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> like, you don't have to be okay all the time. I know that, you know, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, as an entrepreneur, I'm sure Mick can agree, we're getting slammed all the time. We get slammed for the way we look, for the way we act, for the way we parent, for the way we talk, for the way we sit, for the, the way we dress. It is insanity. And men do feel the same way. So please don't feel left out. I know you said you're kidding, but please don't feel like you're left out. Um, but it is true. We as a society, male, female, non-binary, I don't care. We are so conditioned to attack rather than hug. And that needs to change. Even if it's one episode at a time. Yeah, be the change you want to see, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. Um, go ahead. No, I just wanted to make a comment about the comment about um, if you're hard into drinking, quitting cold turkey can cause some severe uh, physical damage, and it can. And that's why I mentioned a little bit about the uh, harm reduction way. So for me personally, I had my last drink in uh, December. It was December 2019. And it was just some homemade wine. I had a celebration with my dad and a few family members at that time. And that was my last drink. And it was the March after I went out for a girl's night. And so I didn't drink for three months there. But 
it, it was before that it was like hard into addiction. Um, so it's, I kind of slowly tapered off and I would drink to the point of like blacking out. It was not fun, but in, I had this epiphany in the March on the girls night that me and my friend were out. I, I was kid free that night and I was already planning the second vendor trip before I even went the first time. And I just completely lost all cool in my head. I was like, I had an anxiety attack. Like it was just like, wow, why am I planning the second vendor trip before even with the first time? And that's when I realized I am not drinking from this point on. Um, but before that, like it was quite bad. So for me, it was kind of over time. But if somebody is actively drinking, let's say daily, let's say they have a case of beer, for an example, I don't want to even put a name on it because somebody might be listening with that name. So say this person has a 12 pack of beer every single night and they've been that way for 10 years. You're not just going to stop cold turkey. That is dangerous and that could be dangerous as well as opiate users. That's, there's there's uh, different maintenance programs for opiate users. But for some other drugs, you know, slowly tapering yourself off or quitting, depending on what level you're at, is it's okay. But again, you are completely correct. Whoever made that comment that it could be very dangerous or fatal quitting. Like there's, um, you can get the shakes, you know, the sweats and throwing up and just putting yourself into this detox phase. And there are detox programs, I'm sure worldwide or wherever people are located. Um, so if that is the problem, and if you are drinking consistently, I would suggest instead of the 12 pack have, you know, I don't, there's no such thing as an 11 pack, maybe make a 12 pack last to the next day and then go to it down. And then within a couple of weeks, maybe a month to go down to a six pack and you slowly taper yourself off. And it's a lot easier on your body too, because you're not going to have that shock or that anger or that, you know, any kind of negative physical effects as you would. So that's a very good comment. And I just wanted to touch base on that because it's, very true. Um, so reply comments, 12, a pack, 12 pack a night for 10 years, isn't possible, but I get what you mean. Your liver would paralyze itself after four months. Yeah. So you, you said you're certified, right? What's, what's your certification again? So I was an addictions counselor at, um, Elizabeth Fry. And before that I took a college, it was addictions worker and community addictions and community service worker, I believe. Okay. So it was a year program in, and there's a bunch of mini classes in that class. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that for the people watching that it was a little bit, um, more because uh, we touched on that at the beginning and we're almost an hour in. So, um, so my wife caught me in on bed with my girlfriend and now I'm in the hotel with another I bought online. I have been sober for a year now, but it's getting hard to resist the temptation to drink. Um, that's it's, it's understandable when you're not happy with yourself and that's, I, I'm not assuming, but that's does, that's what it sounds like. Um, the addiction is harder to fight when you're not confident in who you are, when you don't know who you are, when you don't like the way that your life is going, like we talked about in the beginning is, <clears throat> addiction stems from a need to either replace remove or control a feeling or an emotion um that's what addiction is so for somebody who's in active addiction or even considering addiction or you know testing the waters of drugs and alcohol even sex right you can be ad addicted to sex as well there is a level that you need to understand and that is that 
that addiction is stemming with you, within your emotional health. Um, your emotional health is what really creates the addiction. So mm-hmm. um, first things first is remember who you want to be. Um, do what you can. If you've been sober for a year, then do what you can. Think of all the things that you you know have accomplished or could accomplish within that time um, and what you can go on to accomplishing because we're talking about addicted to thriving. Again, addicted to thriving or going from addicted to thriving. And part of that is knowing your self-worth, knowing your confidence, knowing what you want to create. And if you don't know how to do that, you can connect with either myself or Mick. Um, Mick is the owner and founder of Holistics Personal Training, and they have a program on, you know, your physical and emotional well-being or mental health um, that she's offering at 25% off. And do you touch on, on addiction in that? In no. So I steered more away from like the drug counseling and alcohol counseling. I do have the schooling. So like if somebody does need help, I'm willing to work at something out. But in that program, no, it's more general mental health. So mindfulness, meditation, self-care, gratitude, things like that. And then of course the physical exercise as well. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I just wanted to add on what you said is just be honest with yourself and exactly what you've said accept yourself for exactly where you are. Life is not a race. You're not competing against each other. There's never a competition. You just, you are exactly where you are meant to be at this exact moment. You know, it don't get caught up. Like I used to in the, Oh, I'm not where I need to be. Even to this day, I catch myself doing that. Oh, I'm not where I need to be. And then I bring myself back. You know, I'm exactly where I need to be. I can work to get better. I can work to thrive more, but you're exactly where you need to be at this moment and it will be okay. Okay. So I know we have people live watching and I want to try something because on Instagram, I just got a picture of what we look like on Instagram and you can't see either one of us. So we're going to try it a little bit differently. Um, Please let me know if that makes a difference. (laughs) Hopefully it does. Um, I know that it, it depends on the streaming service and, and where we are. We are doing it through Zoom, so it's a little bit different. Um, if that makes it any better, please let me know um, and send another screenshot, please. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so Ghost Floof says, I'm at 30 a week. So yeah, I know more about it than I want to. Yeah. And you know what? Again, like you said, it's there's no shame in being where you're at. There's no shame in being who you are. There's no shame in, you know, needing help or wanting help. And there's definitely never any shame in asking for help if you don't know which way to go. Um, I'm an identity coach. And my main message for that is always 95% of our life or our reality is based on who we believe we are. We create 95% of our reality whether we're happy with it or not. <laughs> that's, that's what we create. The other 5% is created by, you know, circumstance. And we can't control other people's actions or reactions or thoughts or beliefs. But we can control ourselves. And so it starts, everything starts with identity, who you are, who you believe you are, how, whether you believe you're worthy, all of that. Um, give me a second. 
I'm just asking her to check now. Hopefully that works. But um, yeah, what what's uh, <clears throat> anything you want to finish adding? Because I know that you probably have to go right away. Yeah. Um, when I was spitting out those numbers, the 12 pack for 10 years, that was just off the top of my head. That wasn't anything statistically. Um, but I do want to mention when I was hardened to addiction, it wasn't any specific, anything specific. It was like anything to alter my current state of mind. Um, for the last few years, uh, the last, how do I put this? The last few years of my addiction, it was just beer and, you know, other substances. But when I was younger, it was like hard alcohol and it would be, you know, it wouldn't be, we would just go to the club and order a few shots. It would be getting a 60 or a 66, whatever they call it these days, those big jugs of booze. And we would literally play now I'm not promoting this. I'm not proud of this, but I am admitting um, how bad it was at one point we would play a 15 minute game. And that means whoever we were standing in a circle with, we would finish that huge jug of booze within 15 minutes. Why we did that, who created that? I don't know, but it was just, and we'd black out. It was embarrassing looking back because who knows what kind of face plants and locking into things. So it was really bad. And it was, you know, not anything I'm proud of, but I'm also not ashamed to share who I used to be and what I used to do, because it is possible to pull yourself out like one choice, right? It's just, it's possible. And it's, it's really pleasant. It's really nice knowing that the people who used to know me, especially my family who have stayed with me the whole time, you know, it's nice to be able to have them proud of me and be proud of myself and look back and say, Hey, this is where I was. And this is where I am today. And I, you know, it's, it's a really fulfilling feeling. And yeah, if again, I don't do the drug and alcohol per se, but if somebody does want to talk, like my inbox is always open. I'm, I'm more than willing to talk and help and share my story to help others. That's my favorite line. Every time I do the pre-screening interviews, my inbox is always open. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, oh, I know I wasn't being aggressive towards the 10 years comment. I sound that way though. Forgive me. Somewhat caustic African here. Um, either way, my hat off to Mick for not drinking anymore. It takes a very select few to quit drinking like that. You have my sincere admiration. Um, Thank you for that. I, I do. I, I, I wanted to agree that one of the things that I wanted to mention when you were talking about family is that when you've been in active addiction for so long, whatever that looks like, it is very easy to lose your family, your sense of identity, your friends, everything changes. You don't need as much as we want it. And trust me, we want it as much as you want their approval and you want it. That's that does not come easy when you've lost it for so long. That does not come easy. And remember that as you're getting out of that and as you're growing and as you're changing, there is that process, right? And there's the they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think that knowing being able to love and accept you for where you are, you're if he hadn't have been fired and rehired, we wouldn't have iPhones. Right. And I'm, I love my iPhone, whether you're a Samsung or iPhone girl, I don't care, but I, I, got love, I love my, my iProducts, my Apple products. They're, they're golden to me. Right. And 
everybody like how many times do you think i think it was albert einstein who invented electricity how many times do you think that man was electrocuted <laughs> like i mean that that's exactly the point is uh i believe he said or someone asked him like like how does it feel to like not do it a thousand times he was like i didn't 